On today's show, we're sharing our dream projects in another installment of You Wish, Bitch. We're manifesting our crazy big ideas and some more realistic dream projects. But we both have globe-trotting design fantasies. Because if we don't put it out there, how will someone know we want it? Let's go! Hi, I'm Rebecca of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Hi, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? Oh, I'm just having some rosé and a coupé with my... (laughs) Design husband? Design husband. I know we're both spouse-free, recording live from Las Vegas. We have a bottle of rosé and a cut crystal... Glass. (laughs) Glass. Feels very fancy. This is a nice little suite they upgraded you to here at the Nomad. Yeah. Non-spawn. They just did that. Yeah, we kind of got, I got surprised with a two-bedroom suite. Or two-room suite. Oh, no. Yeah, two rooms. Has like the bedroom, the living area, little bathroom, and it's it's really charming. Yeah. I won't say anywhere else. I know. It's really nice. So, yeah, so we just finished our first day of walking around and at market and... More of that to come. More of that to come. I think we're going to try to separate. <laughs> we're tired. It's the first day, too. There's so much to take in. It's overwhelming. I'm glad we're doing multiple days so we can leave space to absorb. Yeah, and it was pretty quiet today, so it was good. I think come summer, it might look really different. As more people are vaccinated, develop the courage, the desire, the willingness to come to markets that maybe by July's Vegas market, more people will be coming back. Who knows? I don't... We really don't know. All right. Well, let's do fizzy sizzy. Yes. Okay. I know they're all starting to blur together. (laughs) Every week we're both like, what was good? But this is why we're doing this is to force ourselves, not force, but encourage ourselves to embrace those things that are exciting for us that we should be celebrating, that we should be happy about because... Sometimes I don't feel like celebrating things or stuff that's a celebration for me as an individual entrepreneur or whatever. It's like, who celebrates it with me? Yeah. And of course, as humans, we focus on the bad stuff. So I can feel like doom and gloom. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're also listening as a hottie and you're like, oh, I don't know. Know that we struggle with patting ourselves on the back and taking those moments to enjoy something. And this is why we write them down, share them on the show. For me, this week, one of the things that I, I'll just start with my fizzle, Mm -hmm. was there's a tile maker. Well, he's like a ceramics artist, but he does a lot of tiles. And his name is Paul Balmer. And he's in the UK. And he makes these like very cheeky, almost like Delft-looking tiles you know but they're like new custom tiles they're very cheeky there's there's usually like a gay influence or like weird like lgbt references in some of them and some of them are just kind of like easter egg 
like hidden things? Yeah. You, oh no, some of them are like a leather daddy oh. on an old fashioned looking tile. So he's like taking modern moments, but putting them on these very classically inspired tiles. They're like blue and white. Right. Or it's like Shakespeare doing something stupid on a tile. Like okay. they're very tongue in cheek. Well, once a month he has an Etsy sale and the fizzle is I've been trying for like the last four months to get one of the tiles. And I honestly, I don't care which one I get. I just want one of them because it's its own little art piece. Okay. But no matter when I try to get there, they're always sold out. Like, doesn't matter when I'm logged in, when I'm ready. It's just constantly, it's like waiting in the Ticketmaster line for your favorite concert and then you never get a good seat. Right. So it does get a little frustrating. I'm not going to give up on him. I like what he does. I want to encourage artists to do things like that. One day I'll get one, but I'll link it in the show notes. Oh, I thought this was, was going to be a redemption story. No, this is the fizzle. I uh, haven't got one. Like I keep trying month after month. He announces it. It's like UK time. So eight hours ahead good. of my time zone. So I have to log in in like the late afternoon and try to get one. Never. I have never been able to. So I'll, you guys, I'll, I think some of you will like how silly they are. They're meant to be kind of over the top, tongue in cheek, kind of stupid. He actually did a custom, he's not taking commissions right now, but he he at one point did some custom tiles for Heidi Collier. So, so that's the fizzle. Sizzle side of things, when I visited you in Sacramento, what was that, September of last year? Mm, Yeah. You had those Ikea Sonos like the inexpensive Sonos that it sells at Ikea. Is it called Symphonics or Symphonisk? Something yeah. Nordic sounding. So we bought one of those because we have a few Sonos speakers inside the house, but we bought one so we could take it outside and put it like on the porch okay. and plug it in so we could listen to music when we're outside, but pair it to everything. And it works surprisingly well. They're a good. Like it's a good product. sound quality. Yeah. And it pairs through Wi-Fi, so I don't have to have that, like, stupid Bluetooth problem where you get too far, your phone moves, or whatever. So we don't leave them outside. Like, we do just unplug it and take it back in. They do have a movable one, but it's, like, 400 something dollars And the IKEA one is, like, 100 something dollars It's so much more affordable to just unplug it and take it back inside and put it on the shelf and then bring it out when we're going to be out there entertaining or... Yeah, we're a Sonos household, so... We actually mounted one outside under our eaves on our patio, and it's a Sonos One, I think. Like it out, it's meant to be outside all no. the time. It's protected there. But it's protected. Okay. It can't get wet. Yeah, we don't have... Well, our porch could cover one, but it doesn't, like... Where we could mount it wouldn't get the sound to where we want it to right. sit outside. So this is a nice alternative. Yeah, and you can use it anywhere, anytime. Like there, And I put it on, like, a little garden stool, so it's not sitting on the ground, like... It lifts it up a little bit, helps the sound travel, but it's been kind of cool to just, oh, grab this off the shelf, pop, plug it in, sit out, have a cocktail in the evenings. It's honestly, like, I don't know. I don't think I would go looking for another, like, mobile chargeable Bluetooth or something like that ever again after doing this at our house where we can plug it into the side of the house or the garage or wherever and have the music in the backyard. Yeah, once you get on the Sonos system, it's a little bit of, I feel like, 
There's a little barrier because you have to go through their app. But once you get it all hooked up, mm-hmm. it's got everything. And yeah, we have... Our Spotify's are in there. Right. One, two, three. Our four, Amazon four. lists are in there. We have like five. No, six, because we also use them for our surround sound, so. Once you have it, you're kind of hooked. It's like when you buy an iPhone. And then you can just keep buying another one every year. Or what, like, we just keep kind of <laughs> adding to it over time, and it's not. Yeah, because now my office, the kitchen, the living room, and the kitchen's open the dining room, so that music covers that area. So, like, all the public zones or zones where we'll really be, like, hanging out, not none of the bedrooms have them, but, like, all those zones have it. And then now the garden has it, and they can all be playing the same music at mm-hmm. the same time, so you can have that full experience. Or different. Or different, but mostly the same is the yeah. nice part. It might be cool to have something closer to our guest bathroom, so as we're having more guests starting to come, like, it's kind of nice to have some music around the bathroom when you have guests, because, you know, no one wants to, like, you hear, hear what's happening in the guest bathroom <laughs> when you have people over. I feel like they might have just come out with like a little something thing, recessed. Like a like a puck, like a tiny one, or a ceiling mount kind of an oh, idea. I might have that had a sounds dream expensive. Of, yeah, I might have dreamt it, but actually, we have two of the IKEA ones. One's in my office, and one we put in the dining room bookshelves because yeah, they and those sit so nicely on a bookshelf because they're like they're not very deep. They're thin, like a book shape. They're straight, mm-hmm. like in rectangular. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what you're dreaming of? It's when I sent you that link that there might be developing one that can hide behind a piece of art. Oh, yeah. I sent you that link. Like, Ikea filed the patent or whatever legal paperwork where they're developing one that can pair but sit behind a piece of artwork and play through the piece of art. Yeah. You never see it. That would be cool. Because then you could hang it on the wall. I mean, it's going to need power from somewhere, but that'd be... Easy. Like in a dining room, in a hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Give me give me time. But that's my yeah. sizzle. That's hot. <laughs> that's <laughs> hot. Thanks, Paris Hilton. Okay, so my fizzle. I've been doing more construction work slowly, and you know, I've been a little bit hesitant. I know. I know. And you and Claire are always telling me I need to do more. And I've started getting into a groove on a couple projects. And I have a contractor that I really have liked working with. But my fizzle is kind of getting on the same page with, like, bidding. Like, yeah, he's kind of got to level up his admin stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like... I'm in this tough space where I'm not seeing line items of, like, material allowances and... Labor costs. Yeah, and being able to tell a client, like, a whole picture of, can you... Can we do this project, really? Like... So he's just giving, like, a flat number and listing everything, but there's no line item numbers next to each? Yeah, or it's, like, he's giving me an email with, like, a paragraph form of, like, it includes this, it doesn't include this, we could probably save on this, blah, blah, blah. Oh. And so it's, like, okay, well, my clients have a pretty firm budget, (laughs) so... So we need to know whether this works or not? Yeah, and what they can do or not do. It's helpful to see for, like, my contractors will say, like, installation, two client-provided wall sconces, 
no, you know, like if they don't have a wall switch, it'll put like no switch, switch on light, because that makes it easier to do. So you know exactly what it costs. And what you need and to And then source. clients can say, oh, let's get the one we really want that needs a wall switch then, because it's not as much as we thought it would be. Or if it has something with a wall switch and they want to take it down a notch, it's like, oh, let's cut a couple hundred bucks of labor costs by finding one that has a toggle switch on it. We'll skip the wall switch or whatever it might be. But right. if you don't know those numbers, kind of sucks. Yeah. And like he's including like some of the, like the architectural material, hard costs, like countertops, cabinets, but not like the plumbing, lighting and I don't know, hardware stuff. Or like tile. Tile. Or, yeah. So I'm kind of working through that with him because I like working with him and my tendency is going to be like, hey, let me create a bid form for you. <laughs> Don't. And you just fill it in? No, that's not your job. Also, contractors have access to software that does that for them. Mm -hmm. The one my contractor uses, I forget, it's a program. Damn, y'all, if I knew, I would tell you, but he has a... Program. We get a little AM AMSR brose pour in there. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, guys. Back in the chiller. He has a program where he can put cost per square foot for certain things, and then he just enters square footage. The square footage of it, or linear footage. I feel like that's something he'll probably need to grow into. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's tough when you're somebody who's good with your hands and. Construction, you're probably not, like, great on a computer. And also, he could be undercutting himself, too. Mm -hmm. Or bidding himself out of jobs because he doesn't know, so he goes much higher, and then he ends up losing out on bids because they're not very accurate. Yeah, and I don't want to, like, nickel and dime his... Talent. No, like, you, or his labor. Right. Like, I just want him to tell me what it is. One by one. And I'll tell the client if we can afford it or not. Especially if it's like you're proposing a herringbone install and he's telling you that's going to be more. And you're like, fine, we're just going to go to an offset bricklay. That'll save us money. Here's how much it saves. That's an important thing for him to be able to tell you mm -hmm. and for you to be able to know to talk with your clients. And that's going to make the life easier. Yeah. So him and I need to have a talk and streamline that somehow. So that's kind of annoying, but... This is all related. So the primary bathroom I've been working on with my clients in Lake Tahoe is coming along. Mm -hmm. Tile's almost done. And it's really different and really cool. I think it's going to be something really unique that people can see a defined perspective from it. Yeah, and it's an Airbnb, so it's bringing kind of that recognizable branded moment mm -hmm. to to the room. So that's been really fun because I haven't had that in my portfolio in the same week. This contractor I've been working with, they finally were able to install the backsplash and another kitchen refresh I've been doing. And it's almost done, so we're waiting. So of course, lighting's back ordered and... Everything's back ordered. Blah, 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 so I can't shoot it yet, but... Like, when do you think we're going to switch to that thought process of, well, the lighting wasn't back ordered? is going to be our default, like, excited phase. Do you think we're just going to jump, go to, well, everything's back ordered, everything's delayed, that will be the normal, and then 
will be excited when it's like, hey, client, guess what? It's in stock. Instead of them just hoping it was in stock. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I feel like 2019, I was still playing the stock game. So it's a normal part of the industry. Mm -hmm. It's just right now there's... 14 week lead times. Yeah, and less in stock than... Well, we've used all the stock. It's all gone now. It's all sitting off the coast of Long Beach. Yes, exactly. Well... Or stuck in the Suez Canal. Stuck stuck in the however many weeks. I heard... I read an article that said they lost... So the Suez Canal Authority lost $95 million in transit fees that they charge ships when they Mm -hmm. cross to and from through the Suez Canal. Like the toll fee. In all the time it had to be closed, they lost $95 million. That's a lot. And that's just the ship passing, let alone the people who, the ships that rerouted and the inconvenience and the damage the to the canal, the crews that needed to pull the ship out. And so or I guess. Or the crews that were on board these ships that are rerouting or waiting, like sat there right. for an extra week or two. Right. An extra fuel cost because their routes are longer or whatever happens. All of that stuff you think about. And then you think about all the money it lost for companies and delays because their product didn't arrive to a port, you know, for several weeks later. So it's, I'm, someone wrote an article that said that one of the port authorities, it's not official, but there's like a number they're throwing of like compensation that the owner of the ship has to pay. And it could be like a billion dollars of lost like revenue. And they're holding the ship in the port like oh, almost hostage? well not hostage but it's just a collateral collateral for the damages that they caused to the canal and it's full of containers and it's full of containers so they don't have any none of that merchandise can be released until they pay for these damages almost like an insurance policy it's probably full of thread for the fabric that's all back ordered yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> all the all the extra world supply of oak or lumber or who oh knows God. what is sitting on that or it, but it's also kind of surprising that it hasn't happened earlier like the Suez Canal was like a wonder of the world that they even did it right yes and the fact that it hasn't ever been blocked I mean in 100 years or whatever yeah when you think about I mean the vessels going through it were nowhere near this size when it was first built and I don't know that they ever would have thought that would happen yeah. But, yeah. So, anyway, the point is, I'm excited for that pro- those projects to come out because I think they're a really great and more, more, like, representative of where you want Studio Plum to keep moving in that direction. And maybe part of that is what fueled this episode. Mm-hmm. So... The thought here was the continuation of the You Wish Bitch series, where our first episode was about, like, the dream kitchens. Dream things in kitchens, designs for kitchens. Money's no object. Right. And, like, wackadoo products that we see everywhere. This one's a little different. Yeah, so this one was inspired to me the other day. I have this mastermind of other women who... Or in different industries, but they were kind of asking me, like, what my dream big kind of ideas were 
and I realized that I hadn't articulated it. Mm-hmm. Even so, they're they're saying like get on Instagram and just say what you wish you could do and just say it because no one knows if you don't say it. Right. But then I pitched Sean like even though my dream clients are probably not listening to this because y'all are de- <laughs> y'all are designers, but. Um, Putting it out into the universe is a thing. Like, yeah, manifest one, it. One, we're feeling it in ourselves and like believe, like that idea of entitlement. Like, we're entitled to these things that we dream of. Yeah, like, why should we not get the things that we're dreaming of? They're not hurting, it doesn't or, hurt anyone else for me why to get we this not, great thing. Why should we not ask for it at least? Yeah. And then also... We're not taking it from someone else by asking for it for no. ourselves. Like, And if no one knows what you want, then... You don't get it. And then the idea of manifestation and putting it out in the universe and law of attraction and blah to be blah Yeah. But also just, like, lighting up to make decisions to get you to have the things. Right. So this starts that snowball rolling down the hill so it can start collecting more snow along the way right? to the big idea. Yeah, so what we're going to do is Rach can have two. Yeah. Like a dream big. This is like the the stars align. This is how, this is what would go down. Mm-hmm. And then the dream real. Like get real? Which is get the real get, girl? get real girl. <laughs> which is still the dream projects and clients, but this is like who we really want. Like if we pick up the phone, someone's calling us, this is who we want on the other side of the line. Yeah. Like we're teed up to have this next. Yeah. Versus putting things into place and. Yeah. And the dream, the dream big has some stuff to get there. You have to grow into it. Possibly dream real is this is, this is who I would like to pick up the phone and talk to on a discovery call. Every time the phone would ring. Yeah. So, do we start with the dream big, or do we start with the dream real? Let's dream real. Okay. <laughs> then we can end on a end on the outlandish note. Okay. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. My dream real is sort of built off this idea that I live in a Spanish bungalow, and Spanish revival style homes are so prevalent around a lot of Southern California, a lot of California in general, but. It's something very romantic for me. There's something about the way you live in some of these bungalow-style homes, and particularly the, like, history of Spanish-style homes. There's just something bohemian, but elevated, and it's just this kind of A lot of, of them were built in, like, the... 20s. Yeah, and it was like the epitome of California living. Yes. It, it's like the heyday. It's definitely a home that evokes a lifestyle yeah. versus just this is a beautiful home and you live in it. It it does help create a lifestyle around the way they were built and courtyards and dining. You know, the whole experience is beautiful. So for me, my dream reel is to really lean into that Spanish bungalow, Spanish revival, Spanish colonial niche of clientele because I get the homes, I get the style. I feel like 
I get what clients are dreaming of when they are talking to me about homes when I do get discovery calls or consultations for clients who live in the home. And it makes my job so much easier. Well, you live in one and you're part of like a historical preservation. Yeah. Society. They call it a heritage society because it's not just on focus on preservation, but yeah. it's also celebrating. celebrating the lifestyle and the way of life for our community. And it, it's tough right now with COVID because the same types of like events and there's a small history museum in my city. and th- But that's hard right now because that stuff's not really happening. Yeah. But people still appreciate it. And there are a number of historic neighborhoods all over greater Southern California. So people kind of get it. Yeah. And so my point is that you are well positioned. You're educated. I I suggested that you niche in it and call it a day. Like you niche bitch? You niche bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But That to me is like low hanging citrus fruit. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to be really Spanish low, about it. Low-hanging olives. Yeah. So for me, it would be this ideal clientele. For me, I, I honestly, I love families. I love people who have kids. A lot of my clientele have children. I know that people think that, oh, gay men don't get it. Please stop. We do. It Just because a lot of gay men aren't having children doesn't mean that they don't get how to help families who have children in their homes and right. how to pick materials and finishes that work for families. It's not that hard. But for me, an ideal clientele is that younger working professional couple who really appreciates the architecture. And I think the key for me is that they want to be respectful to a home without it feeling like a museum. So they don't want a preservation or right. a restoration. They want a thoughtful take on the home. It's being updated to live for a modern family. And I think that ideal clientele for me doesn't have children. It's not that it couldn't happen, but they're not building their lifestyle around every decision we make for the bathrooms, the kitchen, the everything has to be thought out for kids because I think good design would translate if they did ultimately start a family building journey. Yeah, I I am somebody who doesn't push pause on design because I have a child. Like it can be done. It can be done. But <laughs> I see those little assholes that take Sharpies oh. to like linen sofas. I would die. I, I can't with that. But if this dream couple, dream real couple would call me and have a beautiful Spanish colonial that they bought from, you know, like an 80 year old, you know, couple who's moving in with their kids finally or something and the house hasn't had very much done since the 1970s and it really needs a do-over that maybe it has original floors yeah like it's got some of the same stuff but hey they did some weird built-ins in the 60s or they did this weird thing in the living room in the 70s that's the type of stuff i want to be able to peel back some of those the architect. Some of the decisions that didn't age well and get back to some of the stuff that is great and bring that back to life and give it a fresh take. That's a little weird that it just, it doesn't have to be like, oh, we just don't want to do that because the next owner. I want the couple who's not worried about the next owner. Right. I want them to think about them only. That's the like dream real project. Yeah. And 
Obviously, people who don't have kids have a little more discretionary income. Yes, that's important. They'll spend it on light fixtures instead of daycare. Like Yeah. Or like refacing the fireplace that was really messed up by a previous owner and they want to bring back that Spanish charm instead of just leaving it. Yeah, and let's not replace the boob light somebody put in in the 90s with cheap stuff from Ikea. A big box store or whatever, yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. So that would be like, if every client who ever called me from here on was that... I could be really happy. Do you want to get to a point where you say no to clients that aren't that? As of right now, yeah. If everyone who called me had an older home with character and charm. So not necessarily Spanish. It doesn't have to be if I feel like I can work with that style. But if someone was like, oh, my house was built in the 70s. It's like, well, technically that's pretty much historic at this point. (laughs) Like, let's think about that. Yeah. Like, as we start... Thinking like mid-century homes from the 60s are now almost in that historic range, but not all of them have an architectural style that's really iconic and preservable and worthy of preservation. Right. It's not iconic to a style. So I don't want everybody's tract house that was built in the late 50s and the 60s. No. I want California bungalows, craftsman style. Spanish colonial, Spanish revival. Like, I'm here for that. Yeah. But I don't want, like, a 70s house with a mansard roof. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And there's so much of that, like, Brady Bunch style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, I could do without that. Although, like, I would take it, like. And there's a, that's something. There's another design studio out there who would be happy to do those. And if I could say no, I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah, so I think you need to, like, I think you could put your, like, anchor out and say, like, I specialize in historic Spanish-style homes, and that's, like, mm-hmm. your direct target. Yeah. And then somebody who has a... a craftsman. Craftsman, or, or, yeah. They'll think, oh, it's close. Adjacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then they would still be acceptable to you. <laughs> That's acceptable, yes. I'll, I, I will, will work for you. Accept that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Do you like that journey for me? I like that journey for you. I think it's really, like, drilling into what does it mean? Is it homes built before 1940? Mm-hmm. Is it homes with X period details? Yeah, I think I need to zero in more on that vision. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily the years, but also the style. Like, there are some really beautiful historic style homes built in, like, 1951 that aren't that sort of tracked development post-World War II construction. Little, yeah. But they're, like, charming little, like, colonial revival. Right. And I'm like, oh, like, I could go down for some of that. Mm-hmm. Just has to depend on the style, but I might need to zero in more on the period detail mm-hmm. aspect. If it's not just these four square, ticky tacky, repeated construction where every fourth house on the block looks exactly like that house, that's not my jam. No. Hey, hotties. Have you ever listened to the show and wished you could ask us questions? Well, we just opened up private coaching sessions. Now you can book one or two hour Zoom sessions with Rebecca and me. 
Together, we bring over 40 years of experience in our combined professional backgrounds to help you with marketing, finance, and business strategy. We're here to guide you on anything from branding to systems to the emotional guidance that you need to run your business. Book today at hotyoungdesignersclub.com coaching or use the book now button on our Instagram. We can't wait to meet you. So that's my dream reel. Okay. I think you just need to update your homepage and you're good. <laughs> Done. Just redo all of your marketing materials and collateral and your homepage and then you're set. I mean... No big deal. What are you doing tonight? Yeah. NBD. I can do it tonight while I'm in the bathtub here at the Nomad. (laughs) By the way, not sponsored by the Nomad. We just like the Nomad, you guys. Nomad, can you sponsor us next time? Yeah, if you could pay for our trip, that'd be great instead of this business expense I have to cover. It's a (laughs) (laughs) write-off. It's a write-off. What about your dream reel? Okay, my dream reel, I feel like it's not as sexy and romantic as yours. Okay, that's all right. I just want... A certain size of project. Okay. So, certain size and clientele. Okay. So, my next big project, at least three rooms of furnishings. Mm-hmm. Well, really, two rooms of furnishings and then, like, a kitchen. So, okay. I can get, like, kind of a big half of a house moment. And, like, a good timeline like oh, oh yeah a mixture of remodel plus that we have a year yeah they're a younger family or not family and they are just really interested in something unique bold mm-hmm. interesting there's not really inspiration out there per se for like what they're imagining and doesn't it, they're not finding it yeah like okay. it's not ripped from the pinterest headlines okay like, it's more of a, I don't know, I don't, artistic is hard to say, but just creative and interesting and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really built on them and, of course, color and texture and layers. I don't know. I just want somebody to trust me, kind of like what I'm doing with my own house, but with someone with a healthy budget. <laughs> <laughs> and it has a sense of humor, I feel like, shows up often in the work you're trying to create is definitely it, maybe I mean, it's I, not meant to be funny but it also is not meant to be so serious it's not serious mm-hmm. it's meant to be a little joie de vivre like I, the term whimsical sounds like silly right but there's a little bit of that that i like the idea of whimsy because it's not serious yeah something that's just like Every piece is sourced for this. Yeah. There's nothing turnkey about it. It didn't have to be a piece you used from three other projects. No. Not that that's bad. If that's what you find your magic pieces out there to the hotties, it's just this is Rebecca's you wish, bitch. Yeah, this is mine. (laughs) Get your own you (laughs) wish, bitch. I get to wish for whatever I want. Yeah, so not necessarily with the goal of getting published, but... It's publishable. Yes. And the clients are just great. They're fun. They're too busy to look for shit themselves. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're moving to Sacramento from the Bay Area, which there's a lot of that. That's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they just, they found a home that needs complete like aesthetic refresh. Yeah. All the surfaces, the bones are great, but the surfaces are trash. Needs a taste elevation. 
There's a lot of homes in Sacramento that are coming to market right now. I think people are just ready to let them go because it's so hot for sellers. <laughs> yeah. So they're retired or retiring. And there's or... just so many that are just like, kind of like my house was when we found it. Just first time, like the original owners didn't upgrade a fucking mm-hmm. finish. And it's also crazy. like forgot what they had, like forgot or lost sight of this is a cool place. Like it could stay cool. if Or just... maybe just like locked into that. This is a cool place and never thought that it could needed be an update. Or, yeah. 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 Like there's nothing wrong with this. And you're like, well, there's nothing wrong. Like but your we could... green shag carpet was probably, probably really cool in 1960. Like our house was green shag carpet in the living room, blue in the dining room, orange in the bedroom. Like very, but that was very the moment. And, everything was very custom in our house. And when you designed it, you weren't meant to touch it again. You were meant to leave it like that. Yeah, that's the generation that they got one job and retired right. from it. Right. So when I was looking for our house, like I didn't want... Tracked home, new build. Well, I didn't want anything updated because I knew it would never be updated the way I'd want it. So I didn't want to pay for an update that I didn't like. I'm sure so many of our hotties are feeling that. Because that's a designer thing. I'd rather you didn't because I'll do it. I'll pick what I want. And it would be impossible that I would find a place that was designed to my specification. Uh Uh-huh. Especially in Sacramento, which isn't super design forward or had it been. Mm-hmm. I feel that. So, yeah, I I just want, like, a little bit of a bigger project. I don't... I'm not ready for, like, a full new build or anything like that, but I want someone to trust me with a vision on multiple rooms. I love that. With a budget to match. It's got to be healthy to do that type of work. The types of things that you're dreaming of Clients have to come with a healthy budget knowing you can be creative. You can work the hell out of a budget, but I can accomplish so much more if you give me more or if you have more as a client. If you have more for us to work with, we can accomplish even more. And it doesn't make sense for them to pay for my time if it's not matched by the quality of the finishes. There's only so much you can do Well, it's like a penny. It's like my house, I've stretched some pennies. So like I put Ikea built-ins in some of my rooms. I'm not doing super high level finishes, mm-hmm. but I can afford my own time right. to make them look interesting. Like I couldn't hire myself. No. <laughs> but it wouldn't make sense to hire a designer to spend 50 hours on a dining room with Ikea built-ins. Right. The diminishing returns on that. Yeah. <laughs> So Okay. I, I feel like that's a that. very real number of clients out there who are fitting that description for you. Right. Like they're there. www.studioplum.com slash contact. Yeah, if you guys know any friends or family who are moving from the Bay Area to to Sacramento, Rebecca's your gal. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Dream big? Dream big. I've thought about this one a lot because in Spring of 2019, so pre, pre-world pre ending. You were like a little cute, innocent, happy to... 
Think about so much has changed. Have passport will travel. Yes, our world has changed so dramatically. But spring 2019, I did like one of those bucket list trips to Marrakesh, and so we flew in to Paris and did a few days in Paris before going to Morocco, and we stayed a week in Morocco, and then flew back to Paris to come home. Ever since then. I just keep thinking about the properties and the the Riyadh we stayed in. Y'all know, like, I didn't pick an ugly Riyadh. We stayed in a beautiful Riyadh that's owned by an English family, and they spend like, three months a year in their Riyadh. The Riyadh itself was beautiful, but all of the furnishings and the accessories, that kind of stuff, could have really used some elevation. Mm-hmm. But we knew that we were really there to appreciate the solitude of the Riyadh because we stayed in the Medina in Marrakesh, which is the old part of the city. So we could walk to everything. The Riyadh's driver picked us up from the airport, dropped us in the Riyadh, walked us to the door of our Riyadh. And then we didn't ever have to worry about going outside of the, the walls of the Medina, the old city. Nice. And that was the dream for us was we knew we could stay within the walls. And the Riyadh was just beautiful. It had a rooftop deck, but they just didn't know what they had and they weren't using it well to attract people. So my dream big is I would really like it if it was a local Los Angeles couple or a family, maybe they're expats and they have family who are still in Europe and they want a place where they can travel to and meet with their family and like arrange these family gatherings. And it might be a rental, but it'd be cool if it was really just for their family to use and take this whole Riyadh, like five bedrooms. Maybe it's got a pool, like central a plunge courtyard, pool, central yeah. courtyard, which is very common. Rooftop deck life is real in Morocco. Like it's where you dry your laundry. It's where kids can play. It's kind of like the yard mm. of the house because the courtyard is designed to be this cool area that's in shade in the day when it's the hottest you can be in your central courtyard with potted plants and tree canopy and everybody has these beautiful gardens but so many places there are doing them wrong it's just too pared back and there's no it it is that romanticism or the exoticness of being in Morocco and you come in and you're like oh there's nothing in here there's no bougainvillea growing over everything and there's no textile story is kind of mismatched but not in a good way and which is a total miss when you're you're like everything's cheap they can go out and amazing and get custom craftsmanship done you can have a welder make you patio furniture you can have an upholsterer do it and it's so inexpensive there so custom tiles made oh you want a special custom color mix glaze on your zellige tile done you can go over there and pick it so I feel like that would be my dream big is create the whole lifestyle around it. It would be great if it could be mine. If I could own it myself, I would, I would die. That would be. Would you rent it? I think I would knowing that I can't be there that often, but how cool would it be to take springtimes in Marrakesh when all the citrus blossoms are blooming, Mm. there are still fresh pomegranates because they get a weird agricultural season there. It's very like temperate all year round. So you can have fresh citrus and fresh pomegranates from March through May or early June. Go on your buying trips. And then get out of the city when it gets super hot in mid to late summer. 
Maybe you come back in the fall. I don't know. But I would love to do that. And I'll link in the show notes. There's a couple resorts that give me that fantasy. One of them is the Elfen. E-L-F-E-N-N. I'll link their Instagram. You guys can find them. Is that the one with the red and white pool? Yeah, they have like the red and white stripe. And then they have these like rattan like shades over their cafe lights. And it's just... Rooftop life is for real in Marrakesh. So there, and also Jasper Conran has the Hotel Marrakesh. It's it's just, it's so beautiful. And they know what they're doing. They've created these little oases in the middle of this huge bustling city. And it has that European expat flair meets Morocco, but it's respectful and it doesn't feel like they're trying to make it too bougie. Right. So it still feels authentically Moroccan. I mean, it may be a little bit of colonialist vibes because let's be real, it was like a French Commonwealth. So that's never going to be gone completely from the vernacular. Yeah. But that would be my like, you wish, bitch, you could build and design and do the whole experience for a, a Moroccan Riyadh. I think you could do that because I feel like it really builds off of your new niche going from like the Spanish. That Spanish style takes off from Moorish style. So you see some. And there's all like that Art Deco thread that kind of Mm -hmm. goes through all of it because that was like. It's fed from that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it. Keep wishing, bitch. (laughs) You niche, bitch. What okay. about you? Okay, so wavelength happening, my dream big. So I've I'm a little bit of a Francophile. Mm-hmm. I'm half Mexican, but took French in high school. Like <laughs> I'm <laughs> that like half Mexican denier. <laughs> I was. But I've always like had on our like grand financial plan when we meet with our financial advisor, I always wanted to like have a sabbatical in the French countryside, a little bit of a under the Tuscan sun, but the married version in France. Okay. So like eat, pray, love, but in France. Yeah. Like real French cooking and go to the market and the food. Oh God, it's so good. I've always wanted to do that. I think my dream big is to have a client with a French country cottage. Mm Mm-hmm. That they want me to move there <laughs> okay. as part of the project. Well, it's more cost effective if, you, if you're if you there. And there's so much <laughs> that you need to source on the ground. Of course. Because we'd be pulling in vintage and... And bringing it all freight from the U.S. is just stupid. Why would you bring materials in from the U.S. to France? No. All the best tiles made in Spain and, Spain and Portugal... Yeah, and I definitely would want to be, yeah, pulling in antiques and older kind of rehab finishes Mm -hmm. and find old tile or whatever and repurpose it. Great textiles, vintage textiles to pull in. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I would meet some fabulous contractors that knew, like, how to work with the old plasters and... Yeah, And be respectful of the homes. But I would push them to try something new that they've never seen before. And they would be like, Sacre Bleu! (laughs) (laughs) And one of them's really hot. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, okay, oh. I'm not going into that. that okay. Fantasy, but okay, don't write my fine. next pole dark novel. That's fine. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of it being a rental because when I was talking to my mastermind, one of my things is that I do want to. I don't know what. Not a hundred percent. Well, I'm just maybe put it out there. I do want to be like a high end design forward Airbnb designer. Mm-hmm. I have my background in marketing and graphics and packaging. I am a fanatic about where I stay. I literally don't travel sometimes because there's just nothing cute about the places I'm looking at. So do you want to be the dream renter for these Airbnbs? Is that what like helps? Like I'm the target? Yeah. Yeah, because Lake Tahoe, for instance, one hour and a half from my house there are so many rentals there that are garbage. Like you don't want a carved grizzly bear newel post no, on and your like you're hand me down trash. Naughty pine. You don't want that everywhere. Even the naughty pine, I could look around, but it's always the bedding for me. Honestly, yes. I have a really nice. It's that Sam's Club quilt set. Or it's polyester <laughs> bed in a bag. Floral. Why would I stay somewhere and pay money that's not as nice as my own house? Mm-hmm. And I don't have a high-end luxury home, but right. it's comfortable. The bed is important when you're at an Airbnb. Yeah, there's so many I don't so know why people don't misses. get it. It's so such a miss all the time. So Bathrooms with nothing in them. No little dishes or things on the counters or no little just like... Just really bad choices. Mm-hmm. Something was on sale. The bottle of someone's old Pert Plus in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> just like... Ugh. Yeah, so... My, yeah, so my dream big is to focus on rentals and Airbnbs and help elevate. Have you seen Stay Here with Genevieve from Trading Spaces? Yes. That's my dream. You want to help them remarket, rebrand. You get your graphics passion kick. Mm-hmm. You get your branding passion kick, the design kick. That's mm-hmm. some of everything. And you get to create an identity. Yeah, and every single home is its own little hotel. Do you have to do that just by the clients or are there people that property manage a lot of these high-end rentals that you could just be like, I'm the designer for you now. You're going to contract me to do this. You're going to bring me your clientele. This is what I do. I kind of think I'm just going to start doing it. I'm doing it with this Tahoe cabin and it's totally my ideal client aesthetic. It's going to be interesting. They are creative people, so they will be doing a lot of the branding and packaging. And they get it. And Oh, but they totally get it. But to build off of that... So you're already doing the you wish, bitch. Well, but, the, but I want to dream bigger. Like more. Like, and yeah, maybe... More of the full picture. Maybe you niche, bitch, <laughs> into my dream big. Yeah. You niche, bitch, is the next offshoot. <laughs> I think... <laughs> you niche, bitch. Can I change my niche every episode? We keep talking about how creating a niche for your business is the way to being happier professionally and personally, but also creating happier clientele and better projects. And yeah, I feel like I could do this and make their occupancy rate sell out Mm -hmm. and their price per night go up. Yes. They just have to outlay 
more cash up front. You, you have a much bigger investment, and most people who are buying Air, Airbnbs are probably a little short-sighted. They're thinking small, yeah. And they think, oh, we'll just be happy if it covers our expenses. Why don't we just be happy that it actually pays your bills and helps you buy another, or pays your bills and helps you get your kids into that great college you want them to go to? Or Yeah, because I helped another client on a project that they didn't have the budget to completely redo the whole cabin at the time we worked together. But I'm always like picking the brains of like the real estate agents. And they said that that area was about a 60% occupancy rate. And I feel if it was well designed, like there's no seasonal aspect. I want to go stay in a amazing house. I like the idea of it pushing boundaries because it's, Fun to experience for a weekend or a week at a time, but maybe yeah. you wouldn't have your own personal bathroom. That cobalt blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna be okay with a more risky place because you can take your cute Instagram photos. Yeah, and experience it, but not it's so worry beautiful. about resale or blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kitchen functionality doesn't have to be 100 percent if the visuals are there. Because let's be honest, a lot of people never cook in their Airbnb. But if it looks beautiful... I always... Well, I don't know. Can I have some sharp-ass knives, please? <laughs> <laughs> Why are they all dull? Why is the silverware mismatched? I mean, there's a reason. Like, Why that, is the spatula burned? There's definitely reality <laughs> to some of that, which is also what we're testing with this Airbnb we're I'm working on is it's going to have a pretty high price per night. Mm-hmm. So... How does that elevate, like, the clientele and the respect for things? You can have nicer stuff. Maybe. Potentially. I'm here for that. We'll see. I mean, this is, So, yeah, I want my dream big to be, I'm going to be the Airbnb queen of the world. And I'll work on the Riyadh next door to yours. I'd love that. I love that journey for us. When we do a high Young Designers Club buying trip... Where we oh, can we have our like, design retreat our with cotton designers. The courtyards connect or something. With like a gateway, a portal gate. Mm. Just saying, y'all. So I think the hotties should do this exercise themselves and write down what your dream reel is. Mm-hmm. Who is it you want to pick up the phone and talk to next when they call? And the project they're bringing you. But also the dream big. Yeah. The you wish bitch. Who? What is that project going to be? And start manifesting that. Yeah, make a vision board if you're up for it or just make a Pinterest board with it. I think we should do that. Yeah. Put the ideas together, what it, what it looks, feels like, the energy, and how it pays itself back to you. Because if you put it out, start talking about it. And don't... I'll, honestly, it doesn't hurt to just put it on an Instagram story and talk about it because... Maybe what's going to happen to it? What's the worst that happens? People go, oh, that would be great. (laughs) Like, yeah, it would be. Or they're going to say, you wish, bitch. And you're going to go, I know. (laughs) So anyway. Love it. Love that for us, Mm -hmm. for all of us. So until next time. Stay hot, designers. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. 
I have this thing when I'm looking at Airbnbs. If their opening photo is the view, the outside, house is shit. The house is shit. <laughs> because if you you're don't, not wrong, I, I've tested myself on this theory, and I'm a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. 